Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Hey, welcome to the podcast. Catholic Stuff You Should Know here with Father Nathan Goebel. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. 32 in Boulder at KBFR. Thank you for listening. I seriously, I'm, I'm afraid whenever I listen to uh, NPR sometimes because I think I go into kind of an emotional and like, you know, transitive kind of, you know, uh, Lulls days. You, yeah. And then even today, like I was listening to it and like kind of not paying attention. And then somebody braked in front of me. I was like, oh, they're braking in front of me. <laughs> I was listening to a story about uh, garlic smugglers in Norway. And uh, yeah, I almost got into an accident. So. Yeah, it's a dangerous thing. NPR. Well, uh, welcome to the podcast. Here we are back, uh, and um, I- I'm taking the topic tonight um, f- with my good friend Nathan. Now, usually Nathan Goble is my whipping boy, but uh, the topic tonight is my whipping boy, so enjoy. Whipping. But before we get to the topic, we're going to do our shout-out at the beginning, uh, because Father Peter is in the basement. As you know, we record uh, many of the podcasts, almost all of them, in his uh, sitting room. What would you call this? The, the den, the forecourt to his bedroom, the, the den. den, which is a very comfortable place. And uh, so, a quick shout out to uh, a podcast with substance that yes, Father sir. Peter <laughs> right. began with a guy named Scott Powell, uh, who works up here with his St. Thomas Aquinas in Boulder. They're not our competitors. They are so not you, our competitors. They are our friends. That's right. You can listen to both. It's not adulterous. It is not adulterous. Yeah, and we want you to listen to it because it's good. They're they're the lanky guys. That's where you'll find them. Lankyguys.org is the website, or you can go on uh, iTunes and just pop it in the search, Lanky Guys. And uh, what they're doing is a uh, they're following the cycle of the readings. So if you're like me, well, this should not be confessed on, on the radio, but uh, when we show up at Mass, we have no idea what the Sunday readings are about. These guys are doing a, a study and having a conversation around uh, whatever the, uh, the thread that ties all the readings together. Very interesting stuff. Very good presentation. So the Rosencrantz, highly recommended uh, from us. Do you remember that the Rosencrantz? The Rosencrantz. That was uh, uh, Father Calaudi. His thesis was all about the Rosencrantz. Yeah, the, I don't think anybody cares. So the, we should probably continue. <laughs> the golden thread, my Gold. friend. There is a thread that ties all the scriptures together every Sunday. Goodbye, Father Peter. Goodbye. Have fun at pastoral council, and we're off. Goodbye, my love. Today's topic: emotional chastity. Again, as I said, this is kind of a whipping boy, so I'm going to try and not just rant for the next 20 minutes, but actually give something of substance. But Nathan... How is that different from everything that we usually do? That's a very good question. But the, uh, you know, I hear a lot of times in uh, this language of emotional chastity, very, very kind of popular phrase, and there's truth in it, but it's being... Uh, pretty radically abused at times, right? There's a lot of uh, um, misconception around it. So what I want to do today is just kind of dig in what's going on with this notion of emotional chastity. But before that, Nathan's going to give us a couple examples from his life where he's been emotionally unchaste. (laughs) Just joking. That is not what we're going to do. But if I... Do you have your microphone on right this time? Unlike last yes, week. Yes, so. thank okay, you. Very good. Poor so, Ty. Poor Ty. It's okay, Ty. You made an amazing stir fry, which made up for everything. Ty is the major domo of the rectory, and he uh, cooks for us. We had a nice stir fry in between podcasts today, and uh, but Nathan, in a way of thanking Ty, just lashed him yeah. for uh, messing up the setup, which he did out of the goodness of his heart. I know. So back to emotional chastity. So, that was maybe un- emotionally unchaste. <laughs> that was that was a very emotionally unchaste moment. No. Uh, so the notion of emotional chastity is I think it plays out in the confessions I hear, the spiritual direction that I do, the people that I talk to. And again, um, 
this is only a conversation and a topic for people who are dealing with um, chastity at a deeper level, right? So a lot of times if a guy's struggling with his, you know, hooking up with his girlfriend or something, he's not exactly too nervous about, am I being emotionally unchaste, right? This is something that, you know, not if really. you're living a physical chastity uh, in some form, a bodily chastity, then you start to wonder, there's this emotional dimension. And uh, we simplify it and we say, uh, men are physical, women are emotional. So for men, they need physical chastity. Women, it's emotional chastity. Sure. And so uh, a woman has a conversation with a guy um, that's very deep and they're pouring out their spiritual life. It's like, we're going to be the next Francis and Claire or whatever it might be, you know? And uh, all of a sudden she's saying to herself, well, how, how's that different than if we just like made out, right? And there's truth in that. There is truth in that. There is a dimension, an, an emotional dimension to the human being and a desire for intimacy that gets played out in these kind of spiritual conversations. Mm -hmm. And anybody who's been uh, practicing the spiritual life uh, long enough knows this is something that can get real mice, real messy, real dicey. I just called it micey. Really, my, really micey, ladies. <laughs> it can get real micey. And um, I think, uh, you know, guys are clueless to these things. Women um, can be clueless as well, but many times they're much more aware of it or more sensitive to it, and it affects them differently. So, so much of the problem with relationships in the Christian life um, stem from this kind of uh, misunderstanding of the emotional chastity, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But I have issues with this because I think it's a, a phrase that's thrown around a lot, and uh, it's used uh, in very strange ways. Right, and I don't think particularly need to get into examples of, from Nathan's life or anything like that. But there is ways um, that it's abused, and we become hypersensitive to emotional chastity, and we become uh, what I think is we start to use as a, as a way of uh, fear of intimacy. So, what are we saying as we begin this kind of topic? We're saying there's something here that we're speaking to. It's a particular concern of our generation, particular concern of people desirous for chastity. But then again, it's also gets skewed and kind of just very strange at times. 10 minutes? That's already been 10 minutes? No, I'm saying that your battery life, I only have 10 minutes. Oh, that's really not good. That's really it. Please pause for station <laughs> identification. This is KFR Boulder. I'm going to pause. And we're back. We're back. Sick though, right? Sick though, right? Okay, so uh, we're back. We're talking about chastity, emotional chastity, and... Uh, the problems that involve it. Any thoughts on this before I dive into this very thick, dusty version of the Summa Theologica? Hmm. Yo, I mean, I, I, I can already tell you that I've heard what you're talking about in terms of uh, emotional chastity, uh, specifically with women, uh, more so than men. Uh, I can attest to that from my own, you know, walk with, you know, this topic. Um, but I, as a man, have not confessed this too often. Um, so it's not really on my radar screen as much as maybe it is with, with women. So this will be 50% of our listener land or, you know, 80% given, you know, a proclivity for homeschool moms or something. <laughs> Jeez, there we go. So, um, I weeks, love you homeschool moms. Two weeks ago, I was, uh, trying to prove that I do read the Bible. And, uh, today I'm going to show you that I actually do read the Summa. At least I own a Summa. And every once in a while, I pull it out for something like this. That's right. And you just said that it was dusty. So It was a little dusty. Whew. It was buried under the Balthazar books. No, just joking. Now, I have a friend uh, who's a Dominican named Father Austin Licky, O.P., the Dominican, the Order of Preachers. And uh, he uh, does not have a British accent. He's actually got a Kentucky accent. He's the one who got me into Maker's Mark many, right. many years ago. So he's going to probably hear this podcast 
and then critique the hell out of it, like uh, all of our priest friends seem to do. <laughs> so, uh, Father Austin, this is for you. This is a, a stab uh, as a Balthazarian takes a shot at applying Thomas on the virtues and on sensuality to the modern-day problem of emotional chastity. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Hold back your emotion, Nathan Goebel. Royal Rumble. <laughs> so, question 81 of the uh, first part of the first part of the Summa Theologica of St. Thomas deals with this. He says, concerning the power of sensuality, right? Okay. So Thomas begins this section of the Summa. He's saying there's this power in the human being that we call sensuality, right? And we're trying to figure out what exactly it is. Mm-hmm. So the first thing he describes it as, hi, Bernadette and Matt, they just walked in. Come on in, have a seat. I know. We have a new- We have uh, four minutes. We have four minutes. <laughs> no, we don't. Our friends just walked in. Go ahead and join us. We have a listener audience Yay! now. So um, we're talking about emotional chastity. See, one woman, one man. One maybe, woman. Maybe, this is, we could take a poll too, at the end. This is scientific, too perfect. A scientific poll. This is too perfect. We're just waiting for examples to come downstairs. And so, no, these are examples of emotional chastity. So, um, but basically what we're talking about to catch you up is um, this notion of chastity and the emotional life. Now, when you look at St. Thomas Aquinas, uh-huh. there's not this language of emotions, right? Yes. That's the first thing to recognize. Well, uh, emotions is a uh, psychological term mm-hmm. from the last hundred years. Right. Okay. It's Tom, passions. Thomas is talking about the passions. Yes. The passions of man. Now he says in question 81, there's this power of sensual of sensuality. So there's something in us that determines this. And he says that power of sensuality is an appetite. Okay. Okay. And there's two kinds of this appetite. There's concupiscible appetites and irascible, irascible appetites. And what are they? I love it when I get to ask you questions. Okay, the concupiscible appetites uh, are uh, appetites directed towards objects of desire, um, right? Yes. So pleasure, either either towards desire or away from away from your object of desire. So pleasure and pain, uh, love and hatred. Um, yes. Are there more? Nope, that's good. That's four. Yep. And then the three irascible ones are anger and hope and despair. Okay, good. That's very good. In fact, that was a far better answer than I could have given. So nice work on your toes there. Oh, and irascible passions. Uh, so you have an object of desire that you seek to, you know, to have for yourself, and you're either tending towards it or away from it because the irascible sees that there is an object in between the object of your desire. So there's something that is an obstacle to the object of your desire. So hope or anger either impels you over that object over that obstacle to your object or despair says oh it's too it's too great i can't have it and you can't you go brilliant that. everyone's sufficiently con- yes! confused basically what yes! we're saying is that thomas is treating existentially in some way what we're trying to deal with this notion of this power of the senses mm-hmm. of this is this appetitive dimension of me that i have these desires love hatred anger all of which seem to come out in different forms in every podcast that i do with nathan goble but they're all there and there's something to it mm-hmm. but it's a much more complex uh, understanding of this dimension of the human person than the mere emotions of the kind of psychological Mm -hmm. description. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Sure. So when we're talking about the problem of emotional chastity and the strangeness that can kind of play out when people are dealing with it or trying to work it out, the first problem is that we have a reduced understanding of this dimension of the human person, right? So chastity would be defined as what? Well, uh, chat, I mean, in Thomas's understanding? Yes. Chastity is like um, to castigate uh, so it, it chastises um, the 
venereal or sensual desire of man. Okay, good. It's it's, it's tending towards uh, marital union. Okay, I was looking for self mastery over the passions, but but that works. Well, okay. Well, if well, you wanted Thomas's definition, or if you just want to make up your own, did you have another definition? Uh, no. <laughs> Okay, I so, wanted to sound smart. And, so you got no, Thomas. You, you're actually right on with this. Though. This is impressive. He's four years out from taking this in I class. I just took and sexual I'm, and bioethics. And so. I'm eight, eight years out from this. So Nathan is, uh, has got a mastery over this as well. Mm. So self-mastery over the passions is what the virtue of, of temperance is going to propose, right? Sure. Emotional chastity, temperance, these things. Chastity is limited to what? Just the sexual dimension yes. of the passions. Yes. Temperance is larger, yes. right? I have to be mm-hmm. temperate when I hit moments of despair, moments of hope, moments of the different things. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying is that basically the language of emotional chastity, which is common for our generation and trying to deal with, is reduced not only in the notion of emotions, but it's also reduced in the motion of chastity. What we're looking for is temperance, the virtue of temperance, over all of the passions right. versus chastity, Mm-hmm. isolated a specific dimension of temperance, right? It's a sub-virtue under temperance dealing with emotions, which is a reduced psychological understanding of the passions, the appetites. Mm-hmm. You with me? Yes. Bernadette, Matt, you with us? Okay, good. So basically, the biggest thing and the most important thing from this very short and rather not profound and poorly researched topic is this, that if we're going to try and actually live out an authentic human life in the midst of this age, we have to recover a Thomistic anthropology. We have to recover a deeper understanding of what it means to be a man, what it means to be a woman. And in that, we're going to be able to give a different context. So when we're dealing and we're focusing on this specific dimension, sexual dimension of uh, the emotional life, so to speak, and we use the language of psychology, we're reducing it to one dimension and we're focusing on it too much. Mm-hmm. See, this is my, my kind of one of my theories on it is that we're living in a, an age that's hypersexualized. Everything is. And that includes the way that we approach chastity, right? Mm-hmm. And so we're focusing on emotional chastity and we got to get this dimension of my sexuality in place so I don't screw up the relationship that I'm in, right? But that's very, very different than kind of looking at the full perspective, right? The full dimension of all of these complex working out of the concusable appetites and the irascible appetites, which Nathan very beautifully laid out for us, and then seeing that there's a greater virtue that has to govern all of that. So if we want to live out a healthy relationship, if you're uh, worried about emotional chastity, we're saying that's good and you should because there's an aspect to that. But make sure you don't reduce it to just emotions and make sure you don't pull it out of uh, the whole context of the growth of self-mastery over this whole passionate central dimension of your life. Does that make sense? Sure. You with me? Yes. Um, my question is, uh, so what you're driving at is that we shouldn't limit it only to emotional chastity, but what you're looking for is temperance, right? Right. To moderate your all of your passions. All of the passions. Yeah. So, so don't just say, I need emotional chastity. You say, I need temperance. Right. But then we need to define what temperance is. Right. And temperance is is the virtue that moderates and all of these dimensions. So I have to have temperance with the appetite and the experience of love and the experience of hatred and the experience of despair mm-hmm. and the experience of hope yeah. as well as anger, right? It's not just merely the emotional dimension of my sexual mm-hmm. life. And so it's so funny. In the, in the time that we're living in, we're so immersed in 
sexuality that it's even affecting our approach to all of this growth of virtue. It's being radically reduced. And so I guess what I'm just trying to say, it's a very, very simple point. I keep saying it over and over again. Basically, regraft this back in the tradition. Realize that the dimension of your emotional lives is a, a psychologically descriptive way of looking at this sensuality, which is a power in the soul, right? Appetites that are there that take these different forms. But understand that if you want to have a good relationship with the girl, don't just focus on, am I being emotionally chaste or am I not being emotionally chaste? But say, am I being temperate in all of the different passions and aspects right. of my life, mm-hmm. in all of these different appetites, right? Because you can just completely indulge in the moments of just love and romance and, and enthusiasm towards these things. And then you can totally despair and give in to these kind of unbelievable things, both lacks of temperance, but... Then you say, oh, I just disclosed too much to that girl. Mm-hmm. It's just a strange way of kind of reducing it to just mere conversation. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, uh, temperance uh, moderates our uh, appetite of desire, right? Right. So, then it's interesting because you, you really, it's not only uh, temperance that we need in, in terms of uh, relationships whether they be erotic relationships, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, or even friendship. Um, But then if somebody's saying, well, I shouldn't have done this, they're not asking for an increase. They're not asking for a rethinking of their understanding of temperance. What they need there is prudence, right? Right. And prudence, I mean, basically defined as practical wisdom. You got to know the prudent man knows the right thing to do at the right time. So prudence also is... It, prudence also governs temperance. It's considered the charioteer. Uh, oh, is that right? The charioteer of the virtues. Yeah. So, so when when you're in that situation, you can call upon chastity. I just think it's one of those things where it's just like you, you call out to the Holy Spirit for whatever you need, and sometimes you ask for something that you know you need this tool, but actually, you know, God knows what you need, and so He actually administers you know an increase in the virtue or em- empowers the virtue of prudence or temperance, as opposed to just like. God grant me chastity um, because I think we're too narrowly focused on what, like you're saying, what chastity is because in this situation um, with emotional chastity, what, what is happening when, you know, cause I think really we're discussing, you know, girlfriend, boyfriend, what exactly are we, are we uh, uh, worried about if there's too much of a disclosure of oneself? Right. I don't know. Because because what it could be is I've given over something that um, now that person has a kind of power over me because they know something about me that maybe I wasn't comfortable with them knowing prior to that, and they could act upon it. You know, so if we're talking about chastity, I mean, they, they could be unchaste. They could use that information, you know, in an unchaste way. Um, ba- baby, I love you, and la la la. But um, I mean wouldn't they be trying to get to know each other? And isn't that proper to relationships? Right. And I think, I, I think again, going back to the, the time that we're living in it and our generation, it's funny. I was talking to uh, somebody a little older and they were saying, what surprises me about your generation is that you're more connected than any other time before. You're, you have more relationships with more people at all times. Facebook, classic example of that. My brother got like 36,000 likes on a photo that I posted of his engagement sure. yesterday. Right just amazing how unbelievably popular the Nepal brothers are. Well, are those of any substance whatsoever? But we're all connected. Everybody knows about everything. It's faster than everything. But yet 
we are failing to build these relationships that are sustaining themselves, that are lifelong, that lasting. Uh, and that's just indicative of our generation. And part of what's happened is that we're, we're really profoundly afraid, right? A lot of our parents were just working a ton, families broken, these different things, and we're afraid of intimacy. Mm. And so when we step into these relationships as Christians, we use the language of emotional chastity to actually bar us from intimacy because we're afraid of intimacy. Mm. Versus trying to graft that area into a larger growth of virtue. Prudence, like you said, that's so perfect. In many ways, emotional chastity has replaced the virtue of prudence in relationships. Practical wisdom, what ought I to share? What is the fitting uh, disclosure of my interior life to this woman, to this man, at this point of our relationship? Mm -hmm. That's prudence. That's not primarily about chastity, yet we sexualize it and try and reduce it to something that it's not. Mm. Now, here's another question I have for you, since you're the virtue and uh, master on this Thomistic anthropology. Temperance governs concupiscible appetites, and is it courage, fortitude that mm-hmm. that is needed for irascible yeah. appetites? Yeah. So maybe explain that one more time to people, because you did it earlier actually very well. Well, um, I wrote my paper in philosophy on hope and despair, and so... As I said with the irascible appetites, there's an object that you desire, but you have an obstacle in front of that. Um, And so you can look at your object of desire and still want it, but say, I can't, you know, I can't get over that. And and so you you despair, you 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 despero, you you don't have hope. And but but hope says not only not only is the object present, but I can impel myself over that object. And fortitude, courage, I think, gives, administers strength and empowers the virtue even more so to, to directly attack the obstacle in front of you. So courage, courage is what hope sees over the obstacle. Courage says, I'm going after that obstacle, right. and then I'm going to get over it. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, so... I guess what we're proposing here at the end of this very strange podcast is, which developed as we go, and he saved me actually on this one, but prudence. If you're in a relationship and you're worried about emotional chastity, the first thing you need to pray for is prudence, practical wisdom. What ought I to say? What ought I to do at this time in this relationship? What is the most fitting thing? Pray for temperance, right, over the concupiscible appetites, which are half of the sensuality, the power of sensuality. And then the other half, pray for courage or fortitude, Right for the ability to do that, and then justice, the fourth uh, of the virtues. I, I never really understood that one, so I don't know if you have something to add to that in the last minute here. But. Justice is rendering to the other what is due to him. So, use uh, justitia um, is the law. I mean, we get justice from law. Um, law comes from justice. I mean, so so you're you're rendering to the other what is owed to him. Um, so honesty would be an, an excellent example of justice, not telling somebody, uh, something merely so that you can get what you want, but rather, you know, being, uh, transparent before them. But then you also have, so they're always working together, you know, um, like you were saying, um, the, the virtues, um, so that at sometimes you're going to need prudence, but then if you're, if you want to share something and you don't know if you should, like, you know, I don't know if boyfriend cheated on his girlfriend or something um you know maybe that would be justice but like saying it on facebook probably not prudent you know so very good so i don't know so justice we still don't understand it but that's okay prudence fortitude temperance justice replacing 
emotional chastity. Yeah. That's the point of this. Highly recommend highly recommend Peeper's book on the four cardinal virtues. Um that's where I got most of this Very stuff. Good. And dust, Tom, Thomas is good. Dust off your summa. And the other important thing to to note, and this is for another podcast, but um, the passions, emotions are morally neutral. Yes. So I mean, we can we can get down on ourselves because it's like, well, I felt this, but you have no control over your emotions. But what you do with them does, you know, because what is an emotion? It emotes. It moves you out of yourself. But but what is it moving you towards or against? But it's your will that you know ad, ad, that receives your intellect and your will receives all this information so it knows the goods that you want and then your will impels it to to do the good so i mean emotional chastity is just like how can you how can you chastise what you feel you know right. but it's really what you do with those feelings that's an actually really good wow, point wow wow that's the sound he makes when he makes really good points okay pod- no, that, that, that's the point whenever i think about all the times i was emotionally unchaste so, um, that's it. That's it. Catholic Stuff Podcast at gmail.com. Laters.